Hello and welcome to Indians on Deck, the Let's Go Tribe Cleveland Indians Prospect Podcast. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, what's up? What up? Another big week for Indians prospects, and I think things are going to get pretty exciting down the stretch here, so I'm excited. I too am filled with the excitement, so we'll go ahead and kick it right off with number one Cleveland Indians prospect, Nolan Jones. Wasn't the worst week. Obviously, the batting average wasn't great, but he got on base 385 and then had a 316 slugging with a home run, six walks, six strikeouts. So I'm actually okay with this because uh, his walk rate had taken a bit of a dip when he moved up to double A, and it looks like he's starting to figure that out. So I don't care what your batting average is. If you're getting on base at a 385 clip, that's still elite. Yeah, things are going pretty well. Yeah, great job, Nolan. And he smacked another home run. So good job. Keep it up. Keep getting on base, baby. And then uh looks like we got an update on Tristan McKenzie, right? No. I, no. I didn't see anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking. Damn uh, it. The, the only update I've seen from Tristan McKenzie is that he occasionally will retweet stuff about Indians, fellow prospects. So, so he's alive. He is alive. He occasionally talks about video games and other stuff on Twitter. But that's about as much as I know. He's, he's not he's not being held like captive anywhere, at least, as far as I know. Excellent. For a livelier prospect who had an interesting day today, I think yeah. that's what we should go ahead and talk about. Uh, Logan Allen made an appearance on the Major League Club. Yeah, he got called up today and then filled in and ate up a, a little bit of a inning there in the Big League Club. And I thought he looked pretty good. What did you think? Well, he... From what I remember on the, the broadcast, he was touching like 95 with his yeah. fastball, right? That's that was huge. nice. As a lefty? And I, yeah. I was in the car for the entire afternoon driving back and forth between Piqua and Sydney, Ohio. So I didn't get to see the game. But it sounded like from the broadcast that he was doing pretty well. He ended up giving up three hits, but struck out three. Didn't give up any runs. So next up, it looks like uh, Tyler Freeman's at it again. Yeah, he hit 357 this last week, only drew one walk, so he had a 367 on base percentage and then added a double to shoot that slugging percentage up to 393. But if you're hitting 357, I'm happy. It was a good week. Something I've noticed, at least, remember the beginning of the year when he was just really t- taking a lot of walks? Yes. Uh, it seems like that's going down. Like, So I'm a little disappointed to see you know, that maybe it wasn't a permanent fix, that maybe it didn't last, but he's still raking. <laughs> so I can't complain too much. And his strikeout rate actually has dipped. So maybe he made an adjustment. He got tired of, like, it seems like he's somebody that really hates to strike out, which I love. But I think perhaps seeing deeper counts throughout the season, he was striking out more often than he would have liked uh, by seeing more pitches, uh, maybe getting some more called third strikes, getting more O2 counts and stuff just by seeing more pitches. And it seems like he's made an adjustment and he's back to just swinging away. (laughs) Yeah. And it might be that he's seeing the ball better overall. So when he gets one in the zone that he can drive on a, you know, one, one count, he's doing it. And I mean, you can't complain about the fact that he's actually hitting better at high a than he was at single a. (laughs) 
So yeah, that seems that's pretty exciting. solid. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that brings us along to Mr. Bo Naylor. Yeah. Came uh, down to earth a little bit. A little, but still acceptable. I mean, right pretty close to his season averages. Uh, on the season, he's at 247, 318, 426, which is perfectly solid for somebody as young as he is, one of the youngest players in uh, the single A level. And in five games this week, he slashed uh, 238, 273, 524. So the slugging was actually great. Had a, a double and a triple. Um, and the, the only issue I saw was uh, that he did walk uh, only once and struck out eight times. But that's that's something you're just going to have to accept uh, with a, a young player that's been aggressively uh, placed. But it seems like uh, he's definitely going to be ready for that next challenge. Like, there's no way, I think based on the improvements that he's made throughout the season, that the Indians would repeat him at single A like they did with... For sure. Because you remember, the Indians were really aggressive with Francisco Mejia back in uh, like three or four years ago, and he actually did not have a very good season when they skipped and bumped him all the way up to single A Lake County, and they actually decided to keep him there. And that was, and then the season that they repeated him, that was the year he had the 50-game hitting streak. <laughs> so that and then out. turned into one of the you know super prospects, so... Bo Naylor is actually doing better in that first taste. So that's actually really exciting. So that he's just right on that path to, to continue being aggressively placed. Like he's well set up to move up to high A for next season. And here's my favorite Bo Naylor stat. He has eight triples as in a, 344 at-bats this season. Yeah. <laughs> How does that catcher. happen? It's amazing. <laughs> so definitely the Indians top catching prospect and, Somebody that I'm really excited to, to see continue uh, moving forward. Yes, he's looking like he was a really good first round pick. And it looks like we've got an update on our boy George Valera, who had been MIA since about the trade deadline. Yeah, he n no updates because he didn't play in the week that we're covering. But he is back in the starting lineup as of tonight, playing DH and hitting cleanup. So he is back. So it seems like uh, it wasn't reported anywhere, but maybe he had a a day-to-day -day injury that they didn't feel needed to be placed on the injured list, but then maybe it was bothering him a little bit more than they thought. So we ended up missing more time than expected, but looks like he missed about two weeks, but he's back. So moving along, we've got Bobby Bradley. Yeah. You know, a little bit of an interesting week. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, five games, uh, only hit 167, but on base was 250 thanks to a pair of walks, and the slugging was 500 thanks to a pair of home runs. And he has taken back the organization lead at 29, uh, although I think Fran Reyes has tied him. Eric Haas, I believe, had tied him at 27, but Bobby smacked a couple more. So Ethan Hankins was promoted to Lake County, so he advanced out of short season into full season ball. And uh, how did he do in that first start? It was a learning experience, yeah, I think. I see he that. He pitched four innings and only gave up one hit for an earned run, but he walked five guys. <laughs> so maybe he was a little little nervous. The juices were flowing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, struck three guys out, but five walks is... Effectively alarming. wild. Effectively wild. Yeah. That's how we're going <laughs> to <laughs> proclaim it. And then Daniel Espino rounds out our list. Yeah, the, well, second to rounding out. But Oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't count anymore. <laughs> but uh, Espino, the Indians' top draft pick this year that can just about touch 100 miles an hour with his fastball, 
um, held a 1.98 ERA in the Arizona Rookie League and had pitched in 13.2 innings pitched, only allowed seven hits, three earned runs with five walks and 16 strikeouts, which earned him a promotion to Mahoning Valley. So uh, I think he's the first prep player that got promoted to Mahoning Valley out of the AZL. So that's really exciting as uh, most guys that get promoted were college bats that are just way too advanced to be playing in their rookie league. Uh, Right. You know, like the dude I ate my uh, shopping list for, (laughs) but to see Espino do it as a prep arm, that's exciting. Cause you know, last year, you know, Ethan Hankins was in the AZL. Lenny Torres was in the AZL. You know, we had some really good young arms there and none of them got promoted. It was all like, uh, some more advanced college arms that pitchers that, you know, were clearly just blowing people away and they would get promoted. So to see Espino actually get promoted to Mahoning Valley and we'll have a, an opportunity to get a few starts at that level, that gets me really excited because that means d- depending on how he does and depending on the developments that he makes over the winter and what the Indians see of him in spring training, that leaves the possibility that they could aggressively push him to Lake County next year to start the season. So fun. Yeah, that's super fun. We could have Ethan Hankins and Daniel Espino in the same rotation. Is that illegal? <laughs> I think it should be. Maybe throwing Carlos Vargas throwing 100 miles an hour or two. <laughs> you could have three guys hitting 100 oh, miles man. an hour in the starting rotation. So, yeah, that <laughs> I would literally buy season tickets if all three of them were in the same rotation in a minor league team. So. Uh, looks like we had the the last man that you forgot had quite a week. And it was not a week that should be forgotten. Uh, Brian Rocchio hit 381, 435, 476, putting him within striking distance, but not quite on our five best from all levels list. Uh, he's struggled a little bit since the beginning of this season, yeah. basically. He's started to heat up the last couple of weeks. And this week, a couple of doubles, a couple of walks, only struck out three times. That raises his season totals to 246, 317, 344. So it still doesn't look great overall, but we have seen what he's capable of, and it looks like he's starting to tap into that now. And he's still just 18 years old. Don't forget that. Moving on, we had our five top performers uh, of the week. And just to let people know, we had some pretty nasty stat lines in our top 10 this week out of the top 10 prospects. None of those guys made it. That's how good the top 10 or top five performers were offensively. We had Stephen Kwan, first off, who played five games. And how did he do, Brian? Yeah, Kwan in five games for High A Lynchburg. Uh, he's the center fielder, bats leadoff for them. He went 500 with a 581 on base percentage, 692 uh, slugging. So he had three doubles, a triple, five walks, and no strikeouts. His WRC no plus, <laughs> WRC plus was two sixty five. Two sixty five. That's that's amazing. That's great. That's great because he started the season really hot and then he cooled off and actually was get got uh, dropped down the lineup. But it seems like he's picking right back up and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see it because he's one of the more advanced college bats. The Indians were very aggressive. Uh, I think he skipped Lake County entirely. Uh, to see him put up that kind of line at high A in just his second after being drafted in 2018, uh, that's great. So he, he definitely looks like he'll be ready for double A next year for sure. All right, who we got next? We had Mr. Brian Eichhorn, mm-hmm. 
who he had a, an interesting week because he had one start that was pretty good, although not necessarily going to earn him any awards. Uh, and then a second start that was fantastic. Yes. So in the first one, he went three and two thirds innings, gave up four hits, had two earned runs, but didn't walk anybody, had five strikeouts. Mm -hmm. And then in his second start uh, two days ago, went six innings, again, only four hits, no earned runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. That really was the start that earned him the spot here. That was yeah. by far his best start of the season. And uh, just, I, it was, I would think, uh, the best start of the week by any Indians uh in the minor leagues so sure congratulations and plus yeah. that for the week gives him 13 strikeouts and no walks yeah. that that'll turn <laughs> that's out. the kind of uh, profile that the indians like <laughs> yeah they love those guys that can miss bats and not give up the free passes because you can learn to tougher to hit but if you can you can't stay in the zone you know that's something the indians have a little bit more trouble you can't quite yeah. teach command as easily and then our next up on the list is Brian Lavistida. Lavistida. Tell me about he him. He is a catcher at Mahoning Valley. Um, in six games, he slashed, you know, very Stephen Kwan-like, 500 with a 571 on base percentage and a 708 slugging. He had three doubles and a triple with four walks, five strikeouts. His WRC plus was 269. Uh, Lavastida nice. has been sensational this year with Mahoning Valley. I believe his batting average on the year is about 333. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's been one of the better pure hitters at that level. And as a catcher, you know, another solid offensive catcher in the Indian system. It seems like, you know, just last year we were complaining about there were no real prospects in the Indian system. And now, you know, we've got Naylor, we've got Lavastida, we've got uh, Yiner Diaz. I mean, they're just popping out of the woodworks, and it's awesome. So who do we got next? Looks like uh, dropping all the way down to the Dominican Summer League. But a, a worthwhile stop down there for Junior San Quentin, potential first ballot name Hall oh, of yeah. Famer. He had five games in which he slashed 429, 455, 714, three doubles, a home run, seven RBIs for the week, which was really nice. And that gave him a 211 WRC plus. Oh, baby. And uh, for you out there that really like to pay attention to the Indians international signings, you know, Gabriel Rodriguez was the big headliner from the 2018 Indians international signings. But Junior San Quentin was the next one after, uh, in terms of the, the elite international prospect rankings that the Indians picked up. So... To see him uh, have a really good week like this is great. All right. And who was our final performer for this week? Right, this should come as no surprise for anyone that's been following the Indians' relief pitching prospects this year. But James Karinchak has been so filthy, possibly record-breakingly filthy uh, on the year. And uh, just his strikeout rate is absurd. Because if you're a major league pitcher and you're considered an elite strikeout artist, like as a starting pitcher... You're striking out about 10 batters per nine innings. You know, maybe just averaging a little bit more than one per inning you pitch. But James Karinchak strikes out easily 20 batters per nine innings. And I think at, he's at almost 24 on the season. Uh, so literally almost every out that he has had this season has been a strikeout. Uh, so, and it was nothing 
uh, different this past week. He had two games, had two and a third innings pitched, gave up one hit, no earned runs, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts. So he faced eight batters, one got a hit, one somehow put the ball in play, and the other six struck out. So, I mean, it's just mind-boggling how absolutely filthy this guy is. Uh, I cannot wait to see him in Cleveland. It is only a matter of time. He's at AAA right now. Tito is just frothing at the mouth to overuse him. <laughs> he can't He can't wait to wear Karen check no. out and ship him off in five years. No. Don't turn him into Brian Shaw. <laughs> Don't do I it. I would love to have Karen, Karen Shaw. <laughs> Uh, have him come in the eighth inning of every single game, even if we're up by 12. <laughs> Just strike out three guys and leave. Sit back down. Hit the showers. Yeah, he's, he's coming. Karen check is coming and he is coming soon. So be prepared. Enemy hitters. Be very afraid. Oh, well that rounds out our five best from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it brings us up to our transactions for the previous week. A little bit of a lighter week, but some really interesting moves for me. Yeah, we had uh, Josh Smith, who just saved the bullpen with uh, two and a third or so innings pitched the other day, got sent back, optioned to back down to AAA. Uh, Wilbus Santiago, who had about a 20-plus game hitting streak, I think, uh, recently come to an end. He went on the seven-day injured list in uh advanced a and then ike freeman was placed on the seven day injured list for mahoning valley in terms of uh, promotions and activations and trades had a couple really exciting ones we mentioned the one uh logan allen was made his uh debut with the indians um hunter wood also has been bouncing up and down uh but he is back up with cleveland i believe and then at the high A level, uh, Dylan Persinger was activated off the seven-day injured list. Connor Smith, who's kind of bounced all over the place, but he was promoted from Lake County. And these are the really exciting ones. Uh, Ray Delgado, who is, uh, I believe, a sixth-round pick last year that the Indians signed way over slot and is in the top 30 MLB Pipeline Indians prospects. He was promoted to full season Lake County from Mahoning Valley. So he was one of the guys that was part of that lethal infield at the beginning of the Mahoning Valley season. It was uh, Delgado. It was Rocchio. Um, so, uh, and it's Delgado that actually earned the promotion. So congratulations to him. And then Daniel Espino, as we mentioned earlier, was promoted from the AZL Indians to Mahoning Valley, which is really exciting. So yeah, some, some good transactions this week. So how often with someone like Delgado, how often will a team call somebody up when, and I'm not saying that he's not ready for full season ball, but how often do they do it just so the guy can get some extra live at bats before the end of the year? Uh, I, I don't think that that's usually the plan, but what they do is like, remember when Tyler Freeman got promoted to high a, uh, you know, that left a shortstop vacancy at Lake County. And you were thinking, okay, you know, maybe this could be the time for Rocchio or Delgado, but, the Indians didn't think they were ready yet, so they used an or guy, like you know, somebody that's more of a veteran that can bounce around the system. Yeah. So I think they moved uh, Kelkboom up there, actually, who's just as young as uh, them. But uh, maybe the Indians aren't quite as high on him. 
and they feel, you know, it's not going to, you know, they're, they're not as worried about stifling his development or confidence or anything, somebody that okay. they can slot in. But it seemed like at this point in the season that, you know, Delgado is a prospect that they think highly of that they felt he was ready. So he's moving on up and he'll be uh, playing there alongside guys like Jose Fermin uh, in that middle infield. So it'll be really exciting to see uh, how he performs in his Lake County debut. It sure will. This brings us to Indians in the Cupboard, where we keep track of a couple of players each that aren't necessarily high on the prospect lists and not in the top 10, but we're keeping tabs on because we think they're fun or interesting or are rooting for them. And so I don't think we have any changes in the guys we're keeping tabs on this week. Not correct? this week, but I'm considering making one change, so we'll see. So I still have Kyle Nelson, who is now with the Columbus Clippers. And while he may not be making the waves that James Karinchak is, he still had two and two-thirds innings pitched, only gave up one hit with two walks, uh, no earned runs, didn't strike anybody out. <laughs> um so all of the outs came on balls in play, but you know what? He didn't give up any runs, so we're going to roll with it. And then uh, Yiner Diaz, who we talked about a little bit earlier, he hit 313, 389, 375, another fine week. And that was with a double, two walks, and two strikeouts. And nice to see him, even though he only hit 313, stay consistent with his on-base mm-hmm. percentage because he has been a little bit more of a contact guy for the year because he's hitting 353, 387. 536. So I like to see that that a little bit of a little bit of extra patience from him, even when he's not swinging at everything. How funny is it that the two players that pitchers fear the most on Mahoning Valley are both catchers? <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> all right, uh, Oscar Gonzalez, who I've been following all season, he's just one of the more fascinating prospects in the Indian system because he never walks, but he just he Ever. just breaks. Uh, <laughs> Um, for the season, he's batting 314 with a 335 on base percentage and a 453 slugging. And this week he, and this was after being promoted to double A recently, uh, he went 368, 368, 684 <laughs> with a home run, three doubles, and four strikeouts. Obviously, no walks. I just, I love his. His slash, slash lines are always hilarious. Sometimes. His on-base is lower than his batting average because he gets a sacrifice fly or something. But yeah, Oscar, he can hit, and that's what I just really like about him. And he's been doing it all season. He has not had an extended slump all year. Like His batting average, I think, has never dipped below 300 the whole season. I mean, it's it's been unbelievable how much he just continues to make solid contact. And then Eli Morgan had a tough week. Uh, four and a third innings pitched, eight hits, uh, four earned runs, including a, a home run. Had one walk and seven strikeouts, which was great. His uh, his numbers have not been very good lately. It seems like he's starting to run out of steam, maybe getting a little tired, because he was one of the better Indian starters in the whole system all season. Uh, but it seems like the whole last month he's kind of been struggling. So yeah. you know what? I'm going to make a change. Yep. I'm still rooting for <gasps> Eli, obviously, because he's my boy, but... Uh, I, I want to follow somebody that finished last year really strong, but then got hurt and missed the whole first half of this season. And I want to see how he does the, the, the rest of the way. So I'm switching to Kirk McCarty. Ooh. 
Yeah. Mr. McCarty. You know, Gene Carlos Mejia was the guy that rose to the super prospect level last year in the Indian system by having a really strong finish to his 2018 season. But Kirk McCarty was right there with him in terms of numbers, in terms of strikeout rate, everything. And he didn't get the same prospect love, even though he's actually a southpaw. McCarty is at the same level as Mejia as well uh, at high A Lynchburg. And in his most recent start, he whiffed 10 guys uh, this past week. So, I mean, he did give up a run or two, so we didn't quite make it to the top five players of the week. But I'm really excited to see what McCarty does the rest of the season. And potentially, uh, maybe he even he earns a late promotion to, to Akron. So, Kirk McCarty will be my new Indian in the cupboard as a pitcher. Yeah, he should be a fun guy to follow. That'll be exciting. So, I believe that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. We didn't have any questions that came up from the Twitter today, but Brian, anything else to touch base on in the system? Uh, nothing too crazy, just a uh, lot of excitement. I, I, w- I expect there to be several moves uh, down the stretch. Uh, that, that we're entering the, the final month, obviously, of the minor league regular season. So there are several players that will probably get a very late cup of coffee with, they just want to give them that taste to, to set them up for next year. So I would expect several players on Mahoning Valley to get promoted to Lake County and follow Delgado there, like maybe Valera, maybe Rocchio. I'm expecting a lot of movement in the system over these last three weeks. So it should be really fun to watch. Well, I'm excited. It'll be a blast. And per Matt Lyon's request, I believe we have to end this podcast once again with an E.E. Gammings tweet. Let's hear it. Anthony Rizzo is a cheetah. I am a pressure washer. And Matt Beattie is whatever a cloud. <laughs>